and welcome to the Highview Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in a local church. I'm your host, Tyler Sweat, Associate Pastor here at Highview Church, and today I am joined in studio by Chad Williams, Josh Hildebrandt, and in the background, you'll probably hear our Highview Homeschool Ministry. <laughs> Dozens of children. Running around doing incredible things. <laughs> Special for the, guests. For the glory of God. <laughs> Absolutely. Shout out to them. So glad that they're here. How are you guys doing? I'm good. How are doing you? great. Doing great. Glad That's to be awesome. back. I missed a couple of podcasts yeah. with you guys. So. That's true. Josh is decked out in swag today, too. He's got that official swag from the store. Got the hoodie. Got the, got the, got the, hoodie, got the hat. Should right. go to highview.tv. I wish this were a video podcast so we could yeah. people yeah. could see it. Yeah, Josh is decked out, man. Maybe we'll post a post a picture of, of Josh decked hey. out in his did a good job yeah. with the swag design stuff. Thanks. We need a we need a follow I, I see you've added some stuff too. Yeah. A couple things. Yeah. Maybe. We'll try, to, we'll try to make a fall line of, <laughs> of high view. Uh, we, need, we need some like a, a fall bomber, line, like a bomber jacket. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah! I don't know if that's possible, but oh yeah, you um, can. You can. Get, that would be sweet. Yeah. yeah, you can put logos on anything, man. That's true. If you have any requests really for high view gear, let us know. In, yeah, uh, I don't know where you just send us an email. <laughs> uh, Tyler, Tyler at highview. Yeah, Tyler at and we'll uh, we'll try to load the store with your favorite gear. Um, Keychains, I don't know. We'll Keychains, I don't know. We'll see. The, the, Absolutely. Do we have uh, do we have bumper stickers? I don't know. Not bumper stickers. Yeah. Well, what would a Hivey bumper sticker say? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's there's some good there's some good. That's a good question. Are you following Jesus this closely? Oh yeah, go. that's a good one. That's right. You should be able to come up with bumper stickers. I feel like those we, stuff. We, we do have some some t-shirt ideas in the tank. Um, yeah, from all of our no, you have some and <laughs> you have some t-shirt <laughs> Always ideas of, the time. Yeah. I'm just afraid to <clears throat> every every Sunday night I know I'm gonna get a text from Tyler a with a idea. design <laughs> yeah. from the sermon a sermon reference. Right. Could be a Spurgeon quote. Mm. We we have a few of those. We do. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have one this past I Sunday. Did. Yeah. You didn't have, did you do that, that intentionally? I actually no. Because I'm sure um, Spurgeon has some good stuff on he, first he Peter three, I one through seven. I, yeah. I, well, it's probably the last, at least the last two, well, at least the last two, maybe the last three or four sermons had Spurgeon mm. quotes in them. Why do we quote That's him true. so much? Because he's just so darn quotable. Well, he's, he's the prince of preachers. Gosh, so. I mean. Yeah. He did not do, I just want to say this for the record. Yeah. Because I know most, well, I don't know, probably a large percentage of people who are listening to us mm-hmm. know who we're talking about. Yeah, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, 19th right. century Baptist preacher, Metropolitan Baptist, or Metropolitan Tabernacle right. in London. One of the most famous Englishmen of the 19th century. Absolutely. No question about it. True celebrity. Of his True day. celebrity. Yes. World, really a global celebrity by, by that day uh, standard. So why do we quote him so much? Um, he's, in, he's immensely quotable. He's, oh, he's, yeah. the mo- he's the greatest like, one-liner preacher I've ever heard. Like his, his, he can take a statement and just destroy you with it. Yep, so right. great. Absolutely. But fun fact about Spurgeon. He did not do sequential exposition. No, he did not. Me and you were talking about this the other yeah. day. Yeah. Josh, I'm pointing at Josh, yeah. by the way. Video podcast. We, we he did not do sequential exposition. And I'm glad, right. by the way, you mentioned sequential exposition in your sermon. Yep. That is different from expository preaching. Yep. Right. You can do expository preaching every week. I would argue Spurgeon did. Yeah, absolutely he did. So he would take a text. He'd just pick a text. And usually yeah. one verse. Right. Because <laughs> that's all you get, one So he'd take one verse, right. and then he would just... He would just milk that kind of Puritan style yeah. Yeah. down to, to nothing. I mean, he just, you know, just squeeze it for all it's worth. And then 
boom, you got a sermon. That's an expository sermon because the sermon was about the passage. Yeah, yeah. Typically, I mean, he would do even like phrases within verses sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of times. A lot of times, yeah. And... However, with all that said, he did not preach through books of the Bible. Like right. you, you, do, you wouldn't right. go to Metropolitan Tabernacle and hear Romans, you know, for three years or five years. Absolutely. Or in right. the case of Martin Lloyd Jones, sixteen years. Right. He wasn't. He wasn't a Martin Lloyd Jones type expositor. Mm. Uh, he he did it differently. It's just interesting because I don't know. I don't know how many people know that. Yeah. yeah. Just fun fact about Spurgeon. <laughs> just throw that out there. We do but he, he's a hero to the, to those who preach kind of you know, sequentially, expositionally through Scripture. Um, and they listen to his sermons a lot, but, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a different model that yeah. he had. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a uh, welcome to the Spurge cast. It's, uh, yeah. No, I think it's... <laughs> hey, that uh, would be a good podcast. That would be. That would be Just a good talking podcast. about Spurgeon actually, sermons? Oh, yeah. Actually, it would. Holy yeah. smokes. All right. Put that in the put that in The, the, the idea bin? Trade, yeah, trademark. Idea bin. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. D- nobody out there, take that idea. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure no one's thought of that before. <laughs> we have a few listeners that, that are pretty big Spurgeon yeah, fans. Probably, yeah, that'd probably be a big hit. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll make sure to do more more episodes about, uh, about Charles Head and Spurgeon. The problem I have is that when I read Spurgeon too much and I'm sermon prepping, I start to try to write like Spurgeon, but I can't do it at all. It just comes off. It just mm, comes off weird. Terribly. But but you have it in your yeah. head and your heart and you want to be able to write like he writes yeah. and talk like he talks. And then you you read it back and you're like, that's just incredible. Yeah, like, I don't talk like I don't I don't yeah, say <laughs> for you know not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but no it feels like you're that. supposed to. Like yeah. Yeah. Right. just one time in my life I want to get yeah. up there and like preach a Spurgeon esque sermon and just I, I, have it I, work. I, I joke about how much I quote that guy. Yeah. I joke in the sermon about how much right, I quote yeah. Spurgeon in sermons. Okay. That's really me trolling a particular uh, friend here at Hobby Church, a, a member. Okay. That, it's always like, wait for the Spurgeon quote. Yeah. Or, Boy, you sure do quote Spurgeon a lot. <laughs> I mean, or yeah. whatever. But they're well, so good. They are. They are. They're just so good. Well, like, well no know, one said this better. Yeah. I mean, if someone would be better. Yeah. <laughs> and how succinctly and powerfully and... well. Next next sermon you preach, just read what Spurgeon says and be like, I'm gonna say that better than Spurgeon. <laughs> and just do it. You should do that. Just get up and read a Spurgeon sermon oh, and no. just see how it comes across. It would come and, across poorly. Yeah. People would be like, what? It was our our southern redneck accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking that English dialect. Yeah, for sure. Um well, hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoy when we uh, when we quote Spurgeon. I know we we definitely enjoy it. Um I can't think of a good transition there. You, there typically, is, there's not one. Typically, I'm good at this, this kind um, of thing. You know, there's um, not everyone in our community there loves <laughs> Spurgeon. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. Anyway, uh, today on the podcast, we're going to be continuing our conversation through our Make Disciples initiative, our vision, our different pieces of this that we've been walking through. We've talked through the different spaces uh, such as the worship space and the teaching space. Today, we're going to be talking a little more uh, with the guys about community space. Uh, that is the third and final uh, space that we're making sure that we are uh, fulfilling, promoting, um, and engaging people in at Highview Church. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the community space. Pastor Chad, uh, give us just a little little blurb, a little primer. What is uh, the community space? Well, first of all, I'd say it's bigger than any ministry of community. Right. So it's not, we're not, when we say community space, we're not just talking about gospel community groups. Right. Which are the largest and most prominent ministry in that space. 
but it's not just about that. It's really more about um, now, of course, that is a part of the space, but it's it's really when we talk about the space of community at Hobby Church, we're, we're talking about um, essentially the context of relationships. Mm-hmm. That, that's what we're talking about. We're yeah. talking about um, it could be um, one-on-one where you're in a mentor-mentee type relationship, discipling that way or being discipled that way. Uh, it could be in in you know smaller groups of uh, friend groups within Highview that provide community uh, in that sense and accountability and so on. And those are people you would confess into or or confide in or or pray for about certain things. Um, so when we're talking about the space, we're we're not. I think the biggest distinction to make is we're not just talking about a ministry. Uh, yeah. we're, we're really talking about kind of the communal life of the church, right? And that's 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 why groups are uh, and for most for a lot of people they're they're a main expression of that, uh, or maybe the main catalyst for that. Like they mm-hmm. they their friend group or their people they they're connected with really closely are all in their small group. Um, it, we're we're talking about something bigger than that. We're talking about the communal life of the church as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can think of it in rhythms. So, um, to, to be a good disciple, you need gathering rhythms where you're regularly gathering with people, and then you need the rhythm of being sent out to now go and do. And so the, the um, community side of it is kind of the sending out. So when you go to your workplaces or your communities or you know your small groups and you start actually living life, what does that look like in the context of you know community and being sent out? Yeah, so the way we've kind of talked about each of these spaces, they have a primary location that we've kind of associated them to. Uh, so, for instance, the worship space would kind of primarily take place in the sanctuary, uh, called it like the the sanctuary space. And then there's also the uh, teaching space would be like a classroom setting. And then for the kind of location or the the physical environment that we've kind of attached to the community space would be the living room. Um, so you don't just have uh, small groups and living rooms. There are other friendships and and within families. And but primarily, um, just like you guys were saying, we we're talking about the relational rhythms of the church outside of the larger, uh, the larger gathering. I think everyone would acknowledge that as a church grows, uh, which Highview currently is about the 200 ish mark, just a little bit over that. Um, it's hard to know everyone. It's hard to really know everyone and be known by everyone. So as you're the just church, talking about members, right? So you're, just just talking, members, you're literally right. just talking about adult, adult members, right? Of IBU. And yeah, there's so many new folks that are not members yet. So we're probably, you know, more around the three, three fifty kind of as far as our, our people that are involved in the church. There's some Sundays there's more non-members here than members. Yeah, that's very true. That's the first time ever we've been able to say that, but that's true. Right. Now. And so if we expect people to engage in deeper relationships and accountability and uh, anything that's more intimate than just a, Hey, how you doing on Sunday morning? Um, as the church grows, the church has to get smaller in some sense. We have to um, break out into smaller pockets of, of community, of relationships. And um, interestingly enough, you know, in the early church as well, not only were uh, those believers gathering, you know, in the temple and, and sitting under teaching, uh, it also says they were gathering house to house. Um, so they were breaking up into these smaller uh parts of community and enjoying meals together, basically doing life. You know, that's kind of the cliche way of putting it is that they were doing life together. And so for us here at Highview, uh, we do have some things, some ministries that we promote that kind of fall into that space, which we've already mentioned. One is gospel community groups. Um, so let's, even though that's not all of what community is, let's talk about uh, those types of groups. How do they fulfill uh, part of the community 
space here at Hy-Vee? Yeah, I think um, a big part of it is, you know, we we really put a big emphasis, you know, on Sunday mornings. You gather with with God's people, and we're going to teach the Word. You're going to you're going to hear what God has called us to in Christian living. But that's not the end of, of where that arc, you know, goes towards. Now you actually have to go and, and do what we're calling you to do on Sunday morning. You have to have, where is how is that love expressed? Yeah. And so that's that's what really being a disciple is. Being a disciple is not just learning about all the things a disciple is. It's about doing the things a disciple does. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that involves these we will statements, you know, that we have in our covenant where we're, um, you know, meeting in houses, meeting at coffee shops, and we're praying for one another. We see what's going on in each other's lives and confessing sin and, and dealing with the difficulties of relationships. Like all of those things within community shape us and help us actually become a disciple. It's kind of yeah. like the difference between, um, you know, you, you, you pick up a textbook and you learn all about, I don't know, electrical engineering but then you have to pick up some tools and actually, you know, yeah. go and wire something. Right. Right. Community is like picking up the tools and actually having to apply this stuff. That's a great point. I mean, you mentioned our, our member covenant. There's so many things that we've committed to doing together uh, for one another. Um, that's not going to happen in the hour, hour and a half that we're here on Sunday mornings. Um, there are times when we have to bear burdens. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times when we have to um, express, you know, admonitions and truths that people need to confess sin and those type of things. Um, we, we say in our uh, one of our 10 core commitments is being a covenantal community. Um, and we kind of explain that by saying we're a family of faith fully committed to one another. Um, and that does take, that takes work. That takes things right. that we're, we're aiming at, working at, doing together um, in that regular rhythm outside of um, the main gatherings. Yeah, I, I had someone ask me <clears throat> not too long ago who, um, because of scheduling stuff, was not going to be able to participate in a gospel community group this fall. And uh, they asked me, like, can you, so can you be a connected um, person at Hy-Vee? Like, Can you be in community and not be in one of these groups? And I said, you can. It's just harder. And the yeah. way I explain it, so, so for example, um, you, you can um, have deep relationships and a community uh, experience at Highview uh, serving on one of our teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to require you probably being on that team for a pretty long period of time. Yeah. Serving weekly on that team probably or very regularly intentionally inviting people on that team to, to kind of common spaces with you. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, Hey, this other person on the worship team, I'm going to get them to come with me to, to we're gonna go to lunch or it's going to require a lot of intentionality. Yeah. So sure. it's, it's possible, but it's harder. Mm-hmm. And so we provide certain spaces with, or certain ministries within the community space right. to assist you in kind of getting in the door um, of community Mm-hmm. And then, and then, hopefully, that's a springboard into deeper and deeper levels of community. I mean, there are people who I was in a small group with three or four years ago that I st- I'm not in a small group with at this point, but we mm-hmm. still go to lunch regularly. Yeah. Uh, and so that relationship, the springboard was the group. Mm-hmm. That, that was the group. Um, and so it is possible, but it's very difficult to do. Um, when I think about the community space and kind of what as I was putting this uh, strategic vision together last year, getting ready to launch it this year, um, <clears throat> the book that made the biggest impact on me, and it's a book I've read over the years many times, is Life Together by Bonhoeffer. And there's a quote, and I actually found the quote, and it's a really, really powerful quote uh, because it speaks to the need to be in this space mm-hmm. because it's it's sometimes the hardest space in some ways to be in. 
Um, because you can be in the worship space and just come to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be in the teaching space and just be a part of a class. Right. This one requires relational equity mm-hmm. being built up. It requires intentionality. Yeah. It requires pushing through awkwardness. It right. requires a lot. It requires vulnerability. Yeah. It's the hardest space to be in. Would you Would you guys agree with yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. I think it's the hardest space to be in. You sure it's not a Spurgeon quote? It's not a Spurgeon <laughs> quote. <Okay. laughs> um, but, but Bonhoeffer says in that book, it may be that Christians, notwithstanding corporate worship, common prayer, and all their fellowship and service, may still be left to their loneliness. Mm-hmm. The final breakthrough to fellowship does not occur because though they have fellowship with one another as believers and as devout people, they do not have fellowship as the undevout, as sinners. That only comes through community. Yeah. Hey, that, that comes through community. Read, read that again. I had a notification pop up and it stopped the recording. Oh, really? So, yeah. Sorry. So the quote that really, like, touched me and kind of focused me in terms of this space mm-hmm. was a quote, Dietrich Bonhoeffer from uh, Life Together, uh, his book on community. Yeah. And it's a phenomenal book. We got all that. I just need the quote. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you, I thought we no, no. That. it No, just, just the, like, quote. Just the quote. Mo- You're good. It may be that Christians, notwithstanding corporate worship, common prayer, and all their fellowship and service, may still be left to their loneliness. The final breakthrough to fellowship does not occur because though they have fellowship with one another as believers and as devout people, they do not have fellowship as the undevout, as sinners. The pious fellowship permits no one to be a sinner, so everyone must conceal sin from himself and the fellowship. We dare not be sinners. Many Christians are unthinkably horrified when a real sinner is discovered among the righteous. Wow. Dang. The only way that yeah. happens is through community. Right. Like the right. only way that level of being known and knowing occurs is through community. Because mm-hmm. to his point, that level of being known will not happen in a corporate worship gathering. Right. And it's not even going to happen serving alongside someone. Right. It's going to happen only in that space. Yeah. Just like you mentioned, this takes a, a deeper level of vulnerability than it does to attend a worship gathering or you go to a class. And these are all things that we think are super valuable for the disciple making process. Um, But this idea of being brought into proximity with other believers, it gets messy. It gets uh, very uncomfortable, can get very uncomfortable, but it's the most necessary and most beautiful thing that we get to be a part of is, is that kind of deeper, more grimy parts of, of living this life together. Well, we tell people all the time, particularly kind of at the kind of Tom's awkward size that we're at, mm-hmm. that just coming to a worship gathering and expecting to get to be able to, okay, I'm going to come to a worship gathering and that's yeah. going to be my worship and my community and my teaching space. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just going to leave frustrated. Yeah. And, and typically people who reach out to us about trouble with connection, mm-hmm. um, either have one of those areas or not, or none of those areas consistently. Yeah. And so the worship space itself, like you can, I think you can come to Highview and just come to the worship gatherings and struggle with community. Yeah. I really oh, yeah. do. And that's Absolutely. not, that's not, I'm not saying don't come to church. I'm saying that can't be the only expression yeah. and you expect to get multiple things that it's not designed to do. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I'm actually there to know God more than I'm there to know another on Sunday mornings. In that gathering, in that Mm -hmm. space. yeah, That's the primary thing I'm there for. Mm -hmm. I think the ultimate test of discipleship is found in the community space. Because you can 
like you said, you can go to the, the gathering, the teaching space, and you can learn information, but you yet haven't proved yourself to be a disciple. It's when you, you know, you're forced to go into the community space and get close enough to someone where they see your sin, they see your brokenness, and now they have to actually apply these biblical principles. Yeah. This God that they've been looking at and seeing is glorious and that forgives our sins, now they have to go and you know, act that way. Um, so community space is, is essential, but I think in our Christian kind of American culture, we have this mentality of consumerism. We come in, we hear the sermon, we go back into our homes, we shut our our doors and, mm-hmm. and then we repeat the cycle yeah. and we, we pat ourselves on the back because, you know, knowledge is puffing us up. Right. Mm-hmm. But, right. but we're lacking love, which is re- really builds up the Christian community. Right. Yeah. That's uh, that's definitely, I think we're, we're kind of all saying the, the same thing about it. It's necessity, but also the practicality of it, you know, I think is, it shouldn't be missed that we are called into a particular kind of life as believers, and that's more than just attendance. Um, there's there's participation, right? There's involvement, there's investment in the kingdom. You were talking about that a couple of weeks ago with what God has entrusted to us. A big part of that is our time <laughs> with one another. And I think, you know, for us as uh, church staff and, and guys who are preaching and teaching in those other spaces a lot or leading in worship, um, it's easy to see the um, the problematic view of of most Christians, and I don't even think this is a problem necessarily at Highview. I think it's a, a kind of church wide, kind of universal problem of this consumption mindset. You know, where we just come and hear good sermons, and, and we like what the band does, and we love the institute. We all these things we can come and receive from the church. Uh, but all of these things, I'm just going to read from Ephesians four, is that all of these things that the church is doing is meant to equip the saints for the work of ministry, mm-hmm. for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried around by every wind of doctrine, by human, human cunning and craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It's exactly what you were just saying, yeah. Pastor Josh, but I think it's you know, worth repeating that all of the things that we do in the worship space and the teaching spaces are meant to equip the saints for right. the community space, essentially. Right. Some of that equipping is just telling people that what they're already doing is community. Yeah. yeah. So, true. for example, if... I go to lunch with Josh and I'm just like kind of going in and asking him about how he's doing spiritually. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm, I'm going to, Josh is my friend. I'm going to lunch with, with a friend of mine. I'm also in, that's a community at Highview that mm-hmm. I'm expressing. I, I am, I am working in that space Yeah. with literally a one-on-one conversation across the table at a right. Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Like, so like that is, and so I think that sometimes it's uh, when, when, when I'm talking to someone who's like, I feel disconnected. Yeah. I'm, 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 I literally just like talk about what they're already doing mm-hmm. and then provide, no, that is hype. Yeah. Too, too that many, is the church. <laughs> too many people think joining community means you have to add something to your life. And sometimes it does. I think sometimes it does mean yeah. that you've got to make some new rhythms, but like, I think it's a great starting point to kind of reorient what you're already doing toward the purpose of building up the church. Yeah. You're probably, 
in community more than you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think learning to see the sacred, if you will, in normal things and that this is, you know, mm-hmm. you, you sit in a class and you're learning about some theology and you really feel like you're being made a disciple. Yeah. But when you have to go help a brother move, like, mm. you're being made a disciple. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. more so. Yeah. Right. No, I, I think that's true. And I, I think a lot of this is basically reorienting our view of community. When, when someone says to me, I'm not in community. What they typically mean is I'm not in a ministry that's in the, that space. I'm not an active participant in it. Yeah. But they could be actually quite connected. Yeah. And they just haven't connected those dots. And they see it as no, that's my well, that's my friends. Well, yeah, but they're also that's a, a part of the church. That's a part yeah. of the body of yeah. Christ. That's a part of the church. Right. And so it's just kind of teaching people how to mm-hmm. view that. Yeah. Is a huge piece of this. I feel like and. You know, generally speaking, it's it's trying to encourage people to go deeper into what they're already doing mm-hmm. yeah. rather than adding other things. Yeah. I would say whether you're a member of Hive Church or a member of any other church, um, don't depend on the ministries in the community spaces to be your only expressions of community. Mm-hmm. Like, don't depend on yeah. them for that. You even mentioned this earlier, that in a sense, those things that the church provides as a ministry are meant to be just a launching pad to right. the to the rest of the community in your life. Yeah. Like that's a place where you can foster relationships that go even deeper and beyond what it's the there to providing. offer some structure yeah. and offer some opportunities yeah. for for deeper and deeper relationships. But you can still, I mean you could you could go th- theoretically just like you can go to church. You can go to a small group every week and not be known and not know anyone and so on and so forth. For too. Sure. So so it's really about what you do with those opportunities. Yeah. Um and so I, I mean I think in most churches, community is kind of what you make out of it. Yep. It, it's you don't expect to get out more than you put in uh, mm-hmm. and kind of have that, that attitude. I'm curious because one of the areas you oversee as an associate pastor is connection. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious for your take on this. I mean, you've been asking us, yeah. but I'm curious, like, what is your take on if someone comes to you and they're like, they're pastorally, they're asking for counsel and they're like, hey, Tyler, um, how can I get connected in a deeper way at Hive Church? Mm-hmm. What do you say to them? Um, I'd say just do it. Okay. Just make it happen, Captain. No, that <laughs> <laughs> I think uh there's you know, there's definitely some of the some of the things that we've already been saying, you know, I, I think it's even it's the thing that comes to my mind right now is actually a conversation I had just the other day um uh, with someone from within the church, but it was in the context of hanging out with people, right, from the church. And the conversation was, I'm not super connected mm. at the church. And I'm having the similar like kind of double take moment of well. Here we are. What do you think connected All means? of us hanging out. Exactly. So I, I do think most people kind of see, okay, well, I'm not a part of a small group or I, I haven't committed to that yet. I don't know if I have time for that yet. Um, but yeah, I think the things that I've, I have told people are, um, you know, finding ways to serve, being a part of teams at the church is a great way yeah, to huge. build relationships. Huge way. Um, you know, particularly we have like our connection team. I know that, that they have been building in a rhythm of praying together and having mm-hmm. some fellowship time before the gathering. The worship team does this super well. Um, within our kids' programs. Yep. There's teachers that are in the classroom fellowshipping together. So I think serving is a great way to build relationships. Obviously, I mean, there is the the, the part that we develop as the church, which is community groups. Those are available. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, you know, jump into one of those two. Um, but just make use of what the church has available, but don't stop there. Um, see yeah. see these things that you're already a part of as legitimate community and take take the next step. Yeah. Um, don't just like stop where you are and look around and be frustrated and go backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of look at look at where you are, appreciate it, and say, okay, what's what's the next step I could take with the relationships I already have? 
Yeah, that's, that's great. great. That's super helpful. And we really do believe that community is uh, such a vital part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, to follow him, just like Pastor Josh, like you were saying. It, it means that we have something to do. And so we want to call all of our members uh, who are a part of High View. And again, if you're listening and you're in another part of the country or even around the world and you're in a local church, uh, be encouraged to take a step into that community space. Um, to get past the awkwardness, uh, embrace it, and then realize the, the fruit that comes out of that. Uh, and if you are part of the Highview uh, sphere, um, we want to invite you to do the same, to be a part of ministries maybe that we provide, but also um, to really see the, the things that you already have, the relationships you already have as a beneficial part of your experience as a Christian and as a disciple. Um, also, Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope that you do find it helpful. If you would, leave us a rating and a review. Share it with your friends. Uh, every week we post these and uh, have them on social media as well. You can share those posts. It really helps people find the content, and we hope that it blesses you and others. And we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>